Thank you for joining Holy Spirit Living, the podcast that encourages and equips believers to live each moment intentionally to bring glory to God and build His kingdom. Today we're going to be talking about children's deliverance. We left off from the last episode talking about some deliverance experiences we've had. We're going to talk about that today, and it's important to note that for children's deliverance, it is to be handled much differently than what we do adult deliverance. Uh, it's a little bit more delicate situation. There's a couple things that I want to kind of confront up front because a lot of people will say or ask me, how can a child be demon-possessed? I right. mean, doesn't sin open the door to that? Right. And, and, you know, we see in the New Testament, there's examples of Jesus casting unclean spirits out of children all the time. Yes. In, in Matthew nineteen thirteen, it says that then children were brought to him that he might lay hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little ones come to me, and do not hinder them, for such belong to the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them, and he and they went away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I kind of want to address the topic of children and sin. And so uh, sometimes people ask me, how old is it that a child is beyond that age of accountability? You know, like when do they become accountable in the eyes of God? And what I like to explain to people is that when they know right from wrong, then they are ready for repentance. They can sin. So in other words, like if they are old enough to know that they did wrong by you and they come up and say, mommy or daddy, I'm sorry, then they're old enough to be saved to ask Jesus for for forgiveness as well. James 4.17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. And I want to point that out because a lot of times children will know what they shouldn't do, and they still do it. And that means they, they are partaking in sin. Yeah. And it does open the doorway to the demonic. Is it fair? It doesn't feel fair, no. But... Sin isn't fair, and the fallen world doesn't seem fair, but that's a price that we pay because of the fall from the garden. Yeah. You know what? I believe that today what happens is people just belittle or or they look at children as not being adults or or grown, and and so we just take their spirituality and we cast it to the side. We don't realize the importance they have in Right. Just like what you're saying, that once they got old enough and they realized right from wrong, they have the ability to, to host a demonic or host a presence of God. That's right. Either they're choosing to live for Christ or they're choosing to live for the enemy. Yes. And children may not understand that. As a matter of fact, most of them don't. But it's the responsibility of the parents to steward them and their spiritual upbringing in Christ. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Depending on the age of the child, if you notice that they uh, have demonic oppression, there's different ways that you would handle deliverance. I want to back up for a minute, though, and talk about some other ways that we open the door through sin. Some children will carry generational curses that's passed down from the parents onto the child, and they will become demonically possessed or oppressed through that. You know, sometimes they... What happens with kids, they open their, the doors up. You know, that's what happens. We open the door up and, and let the demonic come into our presence. And sometimes that happens with maybe a, a, an offender, maybe choked them or beat them, and that opens the door up. That leaves a, a gateway for that demonic to come in. But, you know, um, before we go in that direction, Mandy, I think that one thing is that we, we need to um, solidify that, that kids, young age, can host the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. I mean, we just don't want to look at the demonic oppression, but the Holy Spirit. And and I know that we used to do on Wednesday nights, you'd take the kids up and teach them about the throne room and let them go in, into a spiritual journey and, and be learning how to lay hands and, and hearing yes. the voice of God, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so it, it was a great experience for the kids to walk them through because – they don't have a junior Holy Spirit. A lot of times people think children are little, so they're spirit, but they're spiritual beings. Yes. So their spirit is either actively involved with Holy Spirit or something possibly demonic, but they are spiritual beings. 
with that, and, and they could be somewhere in the middle. Maybe they're not demonically possessed or oppressed, but they haven't yet, you know, accepted Christ and received his spirit. But for those that are saved, I was working with those kids to teach them how to move in the gifts of the spirit because it's important for them to know how to host Holy Spirit um, appropriately and to steward his his power and his presence appropriately and work with him. And it's amazing how quickly they pick up on it because children connect to the spiritual world way beyond what adults do. I mean, like to a level that's almost unbelievable. It is supernatural. And I believe that's why Jesus tells us that we must be like children because their imagination is actively involved with Holy Spirit. And one way that Holy Spirit really moves in our life is through our imagination, which is sanctified in him if we're in Christ, because we have the mind of Christ. So he can come in and take um, and move through our imagination to create a very powerful encounter with us. And children are more open to that than a lot of adults, which shut that down. Right. You know, I I think the church, it's vital for the church to realize the important part that kids um, partake in in becoming um, a spiritual being of the church. But what happens, I believe a lot of the churches fail at empowering them and and creating them to be powerhouses. Right. I think a lot of times the churches raise them up to be like, Jesus loves me, this I know. (laughs) And, And those are wonderful songs. I mean, they take me back to a childhood that I would never, ever want to be without. I would never want to live it differently in that aspect because all of those things are important and that we can solidify the truth of Jesus in our heart through songs. But it can't stop there, and we can't limit it to being just a childlike approach we have to be able to go at things in an adult way, but not over not over their head. So it, it really takes partnering with Holy Spirit to know how to communicate and grow people in the spirit that are under that are, you know, that are children from the ages of uh, walking in salvation. I've seen children as young as three and four years old accepting Christ and knowing that they did it in the right way because they knew right from wrong, and they were repentant. But um, so in thinking like that, a lot of these kids that I had worked with and taught them to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we've seen some very powerful healings that came from that. We've seen them be able to uh, see things in the Spirit that were confirmed later, Um, just a lot of things. And I think it's a wake-up call for parents and um, when they see this, then they know that they can really engage with their children, uh, you know, and partnering with God and the Holy Spirit to really grow their families in more of a spiritual way and a supernatural way. And that's amazing. I think when that light bulb goes off in the eyes of believers and they realize, wait a minute, I can teach my children the things of the spirit and how to appropriately use their gifts. It's like ding, 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 light bulb moment. But at the same time, then seeing those kids begin to walk that out in their everyday learning and living. And I'll tell you what, right now the world is going so hard at the youth to try to transform their mind in a bad way, to take their innocence. I really feel that. And I feel like now is the time more than ever, that we need to come in and teach our children even younger the things of God and how to walk in the power of uh, His Spirit because He has given us power. But a lot of Christians are not walking around in power. They're very powerless. And um, some of that might have to do with their identity because if you know your identity, if you know His identity, and you then can realize or see your own identity in him it doesn't come from the gifts the identity doesn't but when you know who he is just like when he asked peter who do you say i am and peter said you're the messiah son of the living god yes it was at that moment that jesus said you know your name is peter 
you're the rock. You know, he, he was saying, I'm going to build my church upon you right. and upon not just you, but just the foundation of my gospel. Right. And I, I feel like um, once people really get that, because he said, once he said that to Peter, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom and you have the power to whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth is forbidden in heaven. So he gave Peter the keys, the power and the authority of the kingdom yeah. at that moment. And so when people begin to realize his true identity, mm-hmm. they realize their own. And with that comes power. Yes. And so you have a lot of Christians that don't know their identity yet because they don't know the Savior's identity, even though they might have grown up in church, even though they might know that he's Jesus, they don't know, they don't really know him. They don't have that relationship with him yet. And until you get into that relationship and really get to know who he is, you don't know who you are. Right. And you walk around powerless. And so we have a generation of powerless Christians that are raising um, children in their household to also be powerless. Yes. And when they identify or when they when they receive their identity, they can then impart that to their children and bring their children up the right way to know their identity so that s- the world doesn't try to steal it Amen. or tell them there's something they're not. Right. Right. I know today we was talking to somebody and, and they were referencing they've, they've been to multiple congregations or different churches and um and the power of god just wasn't there like because i think they we deprive our our young and our old and and we don't allow them to get their identity and know who they are in christ i mean look at deliverance deliverance is made for god's people amen that's it deliverance isn't for the world it's for the believers yeah and it's young and old yeah and so but we will preach or some people will preach the christians will preach that that's not of God and it and it is it if is. we if you open the bible and read the new testament you see all throughout it Jesus is delivering people from demonic oppression most, and possession most of his miracles was de- deliverance well, that's right and we see it time and time again we see that not only did he do that but he taught the disciples and i i have a you know just for you families out there you're like the Jesus of your family. In other words, you have these little ones that are your disciples. Yes. And it's your responsibility to impart that to them yeah. and bring them up. Just as Jesus embraced, empowered, and ministered to the children, we should do the same. Exactly. Exactly. They're important. And right now I feel like that if we don't take control of things from a young age with our children, right now in this day and moment the world is going to be a very, it's already becoming sad. It's going to be a very sad place by the time our children and grandchildren grow up. So we need to take hold of those things. And, um, and so today I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about what it is that sometimes opens the doorway to demonic. So we talked about generational curses. We talked about, if you know, um, if you know the good that you ought to do and you don't do it, it's a sin if you if you don't do good or you don't do what you know is right. And so those are sins that affect us at any age. Yes. Once we know. Now, there's also another one that really hits children, and that's honoring your father and mother. Mm, and in today's day and age, there's a lot of youth not honoring their parents. I think a lot of times the parents want to be loving parents, but they're they're approaching love from the world standards. And if we look at the world standards of love right now, what does it look like? <laughs> and I'm just going to let the spirit of revelation fall on that one. Yeah. So I won't go any further on that, but you know what I'm talking about, okay? And so a lot of times right now... The world standard is a totally different kind of love than what God's standard is. And it, if you know, the, in the biblical examples of deliverance for the children, the parents was usually involved in oh, bringing yes. the children to Jesus. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They wanted to see their children set yeah. free. And a lot of times though, but when as we're bringing up the children, I see in a lot of parents today, they don't really enforce the children honoring them. 
And I think it's because maybe they don't want to repeat the same patterns as their parents. And I give you kudos if you come from a home that was abusive and now you're overly compensating, though, um, to not be abusive to your child. And I say kudos to you on that because God does not condone uh, abuse either. No. Um, when we discipline our children, it should be done in love not in abuse because that is not love and it's not godly at all. And so, uh, but there has to be, there can't be this fear of repeating the patterns of your parents to the point where you then spare discipline to your children. Now, discipline can look like sitting down with your child and saying, hey, you know, it really bothers mommy or daddy when you don't listen or you don't respect us. And And here's the reason why, because we're trying to protect you and you could get hurt. And, um, and it makes me sad because I, you know, I'm, I want to help you. I want to show you the right way. You can talk to a child where they understand. And many times they'll walk away saying, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Once they realize, I don't think you can accomplish that through screaming or yelling. As a matter of fact, I feel like that's demonic. Yeah. And um, you cannot get to that point by whooping your children or spanking them, period. Right. It's it's a matter of sitting down with them and explaining to them. And you know your child. You know how to talk to them. If you don't, ask Holy Spirit, how do I talk to them on a level that they'll understand? I'm going to remind you, they're spiritual beings, too. Mm-hmm. And trust me, they will blow your mind sometimes at how mature they are in the spirit, when you sit down and talk to them and see what they come up with and what they say. Right. I, th- I think it's imperative that the parents, um, they get involved, and in the, they are the best ones to minister to their children because they yes. know. Um, I know sometimes they don't feel equipped to maybe do deliverance, but but actually loving them into a position where they take them to somebody that's equipped to do that. And, that's right. And allow that to be, that's love right there. It's love, and it's love when you make sure that they are honoring you because it's a part of the commandments of god and those commandments wasn't set down to lock us into you're going to follow my rules and regulations god gave us his commandments as protection and guidance for his people to know how to live so that we could live in an excellent way um it's for our own good and so um if we love our children then we want our children to get the blessings of god which come from the Ten Commandments. And one of those is to honor your mother and father. Amen. And so when when your child is rebellious, I'm going to tell you right now, when you think of the spirit of rebellion, what comes to mind? Mm. Go back to the very beginning. Pride and... and uh, mm. It's Satan. Satan, right. He oh, came yeah. against he, God. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. Know, that was the spirit of rebellion mm-hmm. in heaven. He came against God. And God has structured the family so that the Father um, on earth here represents the Father in heaven in yes. the family. Yeah. The mother represents the Holy Spirit. Mm. And the siblings represent Jesus. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he set up that structure so that... At, on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. And so when the children come against the parent, it's like that They're spirit coming against of, God. That, exactly. That, exactly what it's Lucifer rebe- did, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's that rebellious spirit. Yeah. And so parents, if you love your children, you don't want them to open the doorway to that. Because if you're already seeing it start to come out, that means the enemy's trying to take that control he's trying to oppress he's trying to come into your child's life and um and so when we can close those doors or not at least not open them to give him access that's the way we need to go and that comes through yeah there might need to be some tougher punishment if the child is not willing to um to listen to reason but that might be withholding some of the things. And I'll tell you what, I think the technology right now would be where I'd start to withhold because a, that's going to get them to listen. And B, I think the technology influences them in a negative way. Right. And I just want to say to parents, keep this technology out of the hands of small children. They don't need it. No, it's beyond their years. There should not be babies knowing how to navigate on tablets and stuff, but I see it all the time. 
Yeah. It's crazy. That's so, the spirit of slumber that's in the parents that need to be casted out. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and it can be. Um, it's it's a babysitting device or something yeah. that just gathers their attention. But do something else if you want that. Because this is just, it's not good in a lot of ways. I just recommend that. I mean, every parent has to choose for themselves. But I strongly encourage you um, to take heed to that. And so now we have these children that is maybe they're not honoring their mother and father. Okay, that opens them up for demonic oppression, demonic possession. Another thing that can do that is quarreling in the household. Oh, yeah. And that's the parents that open the door for that. Right. And how many parents do we see today that's fighting in the house? A lot of times I'll even see parents that say, well, we never fight in front of the children. It doesn't matter. You're creating an atmosphere of division in your home. Yeah. You need to learn, and I'm not saying that there's not going to be times that there's disagreements, but disagreements don't have to become arguments and quarreling. Right. You know, if if it's like, this is how I feel, this is how I feel, then it's time to talk that out and to try to see one another's points of views and find a middle ground to where you can both say, okay, I can... I can meet you in the middle there. And if you can't get to that point, maybe it's time to say, let's pray about it. We'll come back to this at a later time. Mm-hmm. And you get together and you pray and say, God, please guide us. We want to be in oneness. We want to be in unity. Right. And so let us come back at a later time and readdress this when our emotions are involved. Right. Yeah, I think that the fighting and, and that bickering and arguing and all that is is – causing division and and what does it say a house divided against itself will fall and and so we have to be united and i think that's why it's so important for believers to be married together and not one non-believer and one believer because now you're divided house trying to raise up children it just really it makes it rough it's going to open the door for so much demonic activity Exactly. And it's not to say that it can't happen. We've known a lot of people that one has come to Christ, the other one hasn't. You can continue to pray. But listen to me, even if you have a uh, a divided house as far as one being a believer and one not, you can still navigate discussing with them through the Holy Spirit, letting, letting Holy Spirit lead you, even if the other person does not have Holy Spirit living in them. It is more difficult. It can happen. We want to encourage you not to just feel like it's hopeless. Uh, lean into Holy Spirit, but it's going to be harder work. So if you think about being in the rapids and you've got two men in a boat and you're going down the rapids and you need all hands on deck, both paddles in. Um, if you're in a relationship where one's a believer and one's not, you're going to take on the majority of that paddling. It's like having just one person in that boat to navigate. Right. It's going to be more difficult, but can you get through the currents? You can. Can you come out on the other side successfully? Absolutely. But you're going to have to work harder, and you're really going to have to lean into Holy Spirit to to see it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, these are some of the reasons that children end up getting demonic oppression. Usually it's from a spirit of offense that's come in or trauma. Um, It could be something as simple as somebody joking with a child that the child could take offense or take it personally and really get hurt from it, thinking that that person is serious. Right. And maybe they feel rejected. Mm -hmm. And and the spirit of rejection will creep in quick on a child. Right. You know, maybe, maybe they've been in a household where their mom or their dad has been absent. And that orphan spirit, man, he just... You know, he tries to come in because he begins to manipulate. See, the enemy manipulates. Yeah. And he can manipulate children to say, you know, this one doesn't care about you or that one doesn't care about you. Um, There's a lot of ways that the enemy could come in. If the child's been through medical trauma of any sort, a lot of times it opens a door in that way. So there's a lot of ways. Who knows? maybe how or why it could all be different. I'm going to give you guys a few examples of some of the deliverances we've been a part of in children. And then I'm going to give you some ideas for how you can lead that yourself. Well, you know, you know, just real quick before you go into that, mm-hmm. that testimony, um, 
think about us as as we do inner healing with adults and and some of the deliverance process that takes um, place as adults a lot of that was opened up when there were children oh yes even absolutely. sexually molested mm-hmm. or physically abused absolutely and um and that opened up so yeah to to think of the doors that's what i was just thinking about some of the doors some examples of the doors that that open up to the demonic uh oppression or or taking up residence in your house right absolutely. in your temple yeah absolutely yeah so when we look at that and we think about um what that looks like i know for us we've had um i've had a lady that was pregnant that come to me because the doctors had told her that her child had a hole in the heart in the womb, and they may have to do some uh, surgery on the baby in the womb. And we rebuked that. But um, as I sat down with her, we began to walk through some things and, uh, and it was exposed that there was a generational curse. And I said, okay, well, then this is what we need to break off. And so we began to cast that out of the woman, those, break off those generational curses. She received deliverance. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when she went back to her next appointment, the baby did not have a hole in its heart. Yeah. And so, um, again, that was on an infant in the womb. Yeah. So just to kind of give you an idea of that. And then um, we've also had people with young infants that have come and um, they're having problems with digestion and they're having problems with uh, just medical illnesses at a little infant age. And it's like the doctors don't know what's wrong. They won't gain weight. There's this or that going on. And... Um, Sometimes I don't always go there, but if Holy Spirit leads, and one in particular, Holy Spirit told me, this child has a demon. Now, this was a little baby, so I feel like the doorway to that demonic attachment came through the parents right? um, because that child was too small. And at that point, um, I began to cast the demon out of the the infant child, and the infant child spat up, you know, and um, began to hiccup a lot. And um, cried a little bit, but it went away and never had any other issues. So, and um, and we'll talk about some of those ways in which you can do deliverance on a child because you have to be careful how you do it. You don't handle it the same way you do an adult because you don't want to open the door again or give the enemy a foothold. Well, think about think about like young children or toddlers or infants. They really can't be part of the prayer or you know it's it's not really there's you know they're not old enough to even understand it so a lot of times you can just pray over them. you can pray over them if you're a parent while they're sleeping that's right and, and do that deliverance while they're sleeping where they don't even see that or, or right. know that that this transpiring or taking place right that's right and i think a lot of times people think that you have to to take authority over those demonic spirits that you have to yell and you don't you don't you can whisper and right. and if you how you have authority is in Christ. Right. So your authority comes when you are in Christ and you have a relationship with him. Now, it's not just about knowing who Christ is, but it's about knowing Christ. I'm in relationship with Christ. Therefore, I have authority. He's already given me that. And so I can whisper something like, in right. the name of Jesus, you will go. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have to look at that child. I don't even, I could be looking at, at, at someone else and say that right. and speak to that spirit and it has to leave that child right see that's the authority and the power god has given us Amen. and so uh we don't have to necessarily do it in that way i had a young um a young child that was brought in to me and the child was probably about five years old, four years old, between four and five. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of medical illnesses and, and things like that. Um, behavioral problems, like just they couldn't handle the child. Right. And at this point, um, the child was brought to me, and I began to, uh, as the child was brought in, the <laughs> child looks at me and says, 
I don't like it here. And I knew it wasn't the child. It was the demon. Right. Because it knew it was about to be cast out. I mean, see, the spirits, they know. They know where they're at. They know the authority that they walk into. The child sits down. Now, the child had never seen me before, sits down, and I looked at the parent, and I said, today, as we're doing this deliverance, I will be looking at you mm-hmm. and casting these spirits out. I'm going to speak gently, Amen. but I'm going to speak firmly. And the reason I'm doing that is because I don't want this child to take offense as though something's wrong with the child. Right. And so I explained this to the parent, and I said, so, you know, if it seems weird, just, you know, trek with me here, but I will be looking at you as we begin to cast the demons out of the child. And the parent said, okay, I got it. You know, I'm with it. And so I began to cast out what Holy Spirit was leading me to cast out. The first was the spirit of infirmity. And that was obvious because I knew the child had had a lot of medical illnesses. And as I began, I looked at at the parent and I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of infirmity to leave this child. You have no place here. This child is covered through the blood of the the most high God. Yes. And you have no place here. And as I began to go through that, and a lot of times I'll claim the blood of the parent. So if the child's under the age of accountability, mm-hmm. then I will stand on the salvation of the parent to declare oh, that, yeah. that that bloodline, you know, that le- legally the enemy has to lose that child. Right. Amen. Because, and so um, this child, though, was on the border. I'll be honest. I felt like this child was probably too an age where he could be probably accountable right knowing right from wrong but at the same time i felt like he had been under demonic oppression since before that time mm-hmm. so that's what i was going from was when you took residence in this child you had no legal access to do it amen so i began to uh declare you know those things and and just casting out different things that i seen and um he's in the floor playing cuz we had given him things to play with and he begins to growl Mm. and he begins to stand up jump up in my face now i'm not even talking to this child as far as he knows and he begins to say things like i hate you yeah and i knew it wasn't him it was the spirit and i began to speak to him so as he came up to me and he's approaching me, I began to speak life to the child. Yeah. And I said, do you know that I love you and that Jesus loves you? And he started, no, you know, and I spoke the child's name. I said, do you know I love you and that Jesus loves you? And I spoke the child's name. I wanted the child to know Jesus loves you. No. And he was screaming. Mm -hmm. Um, He begins to start punching me. And the parent went to step in, and I said, no, let him go, because I didn't feel anything. It was almost like like there was a force field around me. I did not feel even the touch of his his little tiny hands hitting me. You know what I mean? I just right. I didn't feel anything. I said, let him go. Mm. And, um, and so I started calling out. So now I got them on the run because they're manifesting. Right. So I started calling out rage in the name of Jesus. But I'm looking at the parent, and I said, in the name of Jesus, you will leave this child alone. And then I would look at him. I was like, you have to get out of his body in the name of Jesus. And I would look at him, and I would say, oh, you're such a good boy. And, you know, and I would speak his name, that I was speaking to his spirit. Right. You're such a good boy. And you know, everybody loves you. Mm. And the demons, man, they just, oh, they were not happy with that. And they just, and at one point he got up in my face and he said, we are many. Mm. And I looked right back at his eyes and I said, that's okay. And I spoke the kid's name and I said, because I love you. So, and so I won't give that name, but I said, I love you. And so does Jesus. So I'll be here all day. I'll be here all night. I'll be here as long as it takes to set you free. Amen. And then I looked back at the parent and continued to cast those things out. And then, 
you know, there was times he would fall to the floor and he would roll around and he was spitting up and foaming and and uh, we knew it was deliverance. A lot of times people will say, doesn't that scare you when a child's doing that? Well, if a child was just doing that for no reason, probably. But we were we were casting out demons. Right. That's a Amen. normal part of the process. And so we just continued to pray over him, minister to his spirit, you know, telling him how loved he was and how wanted he was and how amazing of a child that God created him to be. And um, just very lovingly, and again, never did I yell, never did I say, get out in Jesus' name, you know, or I never had to do that. I just looked at the parent, kept my focus on the parent, and said, you know, these demons will leave this child's body right now. Right. And and spirit of rage, spirit of anger, um, spirit of murder, because at one point he would say, I'll kill you. And again, I, I was like, spirit of murder, come out of him now in Jesus' name. Amen. And um, and so I said it firmly, but I looked at, but I said it softly, and I was looking at the parent the whole time. Mm-hmm. When I made eye contact with him, I spoke to his spirit, and I said, "So and so, I spoke his name. You are loved. You are chosen. You are cherished. You was formed in your mother's womb, and you were created by God, and you are amazing." And I just spoke life to him. Right. And um, at the end of this, this went on. And I don't, here's the thing, you have to let the Spirit lead you. And it can be different times for different people, and it depends on how many demons. We were dealing with a lot with this child. We were there for probably five hours doing deliverance. And at this point, he's laying on the floor, and he's calm, Um, something I had not seen since he had entered. And... um, He's laying there, but he's exhausted. And if you've been on the other side of deliverance, I've been through it. I know. It's exhausting. It takes a lot out of you. And I just said, and it's okay to do this. I said to the parent, I said, we're going to have to conclude the session for now because I just feel like it's so much on him today. And I said, we'll conclude this if we need to later. Now, we may be to the point where it's all gone what you're going to have to watch for is if other things begin to manifest once he's home. Right. And I said, and because you're a believer, you have the authority when you see those things manifest to call it out right then. Amen. And you can do it in a way just like you seen me do. You don't have to look at him. You could be watch, look, look over to the wall, uh, look somewhere else, look at your, your, uh, the other parent and begin to speak those things. Um, And then when you look at him, begin to minister to his spirit. And I said, continue. I said, because here's the thing. Once you rattle the cage, once you begin to call out those things, it's like a beehive. You get it active, and the others start to move, and they begin to become very active and manifest, and it's easy. You call them out one by one. You know, just Mm -hmm. as you're going through it, you call out whatever's manifesting. It's that easy. And uh, the parent was like, okay, I'm going to do that. When they got up to leave, he turns around, runs back, and, like, leaps up into my arms and hugs me and just said, thank you. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just like. Yeah, he was relieved. He was relieved. Been, it was like. Being tormented for so long. Yeah, he was like a different kid. And um, the praise report I got later was like, it's unbelievable, the change. Like, yeah. the behavioral problems are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, his hyperactivity is gone. He's just, he's calm. He's like a normal kid. I mean, and he was a normal kid, but you know, there was a lot of things that was going on. And you you know what I think? I think the parent being, um, subjective and and open, but listening to you and not trying to force something, you know, I, I believe we've also seen other parents be involved in trying to get a child delivered and and yes. be forceful and it, it opens it makes it worse it makes it worse one thing i do want to say is parents do not demonize your child and what i mean by that is um a lot of times every little thing that the child does wrong some of it can be the flesh and and i've seen a lot of parents be like oh you need delivered and you need uh you've got demons and speaking this to the child which is not good that's right. not of god um even dragging them in against their will with them kicking and screaming saying i want you to deliver my child 
no, we're not going about it that way. No. That's It's very traumatic to the child. It's not right. It's not God. It's not loving. Don't do that to your child. There's a lot of children that grow up that have been through situations where every time that something went wrong, they would pull the child in and, and begin to do deliverance in a way that was very negative and hurtful to the child. Right. And they've carried that into adulthood. Right. And now, not only are they walking around demonized or you know carrying demons, but now they're afraid to get deliverance because of the trauma that they dealt with their parents. Right. Their parents might have been right on some of the things, but the way that it was handled was right. not correct. It's almost like spiritual abuse. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. It is. And so uh, we have to follow Jesus and his example. He is and was the perfect example for us in Scripture. And Holy Spirit gives us the divine revelation to do what needs to be done. Um, but especially little children, you got to be very right. careful. Now, if you're dealing with a child that's like, like let's say you're ch- the child you're dealing with is between the ages of seven years old up to even 18. You know, let's right. say they're like a teen, right? Right. Or even yeah. seven, eight years old where they can understand. And they can be more involved in the deliverance process. Yes, absolutely. Yes. A lot of times it's just a matter of sitting down with them and telling them, you know, um, asking them for a little bit of their understanding of, of the spiritual things. Right. And if they don't have a full understanding, then explaining some of that in their terms, which is, you know, that God wants the best for us. And then there's the enemy, and he comes in, and he tries to whisper lies. And if we believe those lies, it gives him, it's like opening the door to let him come into your house. Right. And see, children can understand that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like him knocking at the door, and you open the door, and he comes in. Oh, yeah, I know that. Okay, well, we just want him to leave. We don't want him in the house anymore. Right. And then they're like, yeah, I don't want him in my house. I mean, they can understand that. It's not demonizing them at all. No. Uh, they understand that terminology. And then it's a matter of like, we're going to ask, or we're going to tell that to go. Right. We're going to tell him to get out. And when you tell him to get out, because here's the thing, too, is that maybe not everybody knows this, but when the spirits leave, they leave through the breath usually. Uh, some way through airwaves. So it's either by burping, belching, throwing up, um, or yawning. Sometimes you'll see somebody yawning, um, like where they're not tired, but all of a sudden they're just yawning uncontrollably. That could be those leaving. And they can leave through the breath. So what I do is tell them, we're going to tell it to go, and then I want you to blow it out through your mouth. You know, can you blow for me? And... Yeah, you know, usually they're right on board with that. Yeah. So we're going to blow out the bad, and and you want it to go too, right? Yep. Okay, so we're going to blow that out. So when I tell it to leave, I want you to blow it out. And then they, they actively take participation in it, mm-hmm. and usually they enjoy it. Right. You know, they're like, yeah, I'm getting this thing out. You know, they're ready for that. And then whew, they begin to blow. Right. You know, if if a kid's not an adult, sometimes the parents get this thought that they need me to do it. And and the thing is, if they get the the their mindset where they they understand they yes. they understand the concept of salvation and they are able to exercise their will of closing doors and resisting the devil. Right? right. I mean, I, I think of my youngest daughter um, taking her to to Red Robber Robin, and mm-hmm. and she's young. She's like I don't know five or six, but we allowed her to order her own cheeseburger, her own hamburger, right? Mm-hmm. And she says, I want a cheeseburger and fries. And, and the waitress is like, well, how do you want that cheeseburger? And and, and my daughter looks and, like she's crazy. And she's like, well, I want cheese on it and lettuce <laughs> and tomato. Like yeah. she didn't know how to make a cheeseburger. But, man, to watch her at the young age that she was, and she was probably thinking, what's wrong with this adult? She don't understand how to make a cheeseburger. Right. And, and really what she was asking, do you want it medium rare or whatever? But but kids could be so smart. And if they're smart and they get involved in the process and they understand closing the doors and, yes. and resisting the devil and, and, yes. and just getting them out of the system, right? Right. You can almost teach them at a very young age once they're under, able to understand. 
um, how to get rid of them themselves. Right. So, you know, not only are you getting them set free, but you're empowering them to deliver themselves going forward. So, you know, it's like, okay, do you agree? Like, sometimes I'll ask them, you know, well, you know, this has been a behavior that's been happening. And, you know, um, and we know that's not you. Because that's not what God created you to be. You're so much better than that. And you do it with that tone. You know, the language and the tone that you use, it has to be a language and a tone that is not fearful. No, and it's not uh, condemning because Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save. Mm -hmm. And we want to do that too. And so um, it's it's not a condemning tone. And it's like, you know... um, that's not you. You're better than that. And we know that. And yeah. so we know that uh, it's just like, you know, the enemies tried to come into the house. We're going to tell them to go. And don't you want that gone? And they do. Genuinely, you'll see these children like, I don't want to do this. Right. I don't want to disrespect my parents. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be angry anymore. Right. Most of them want free, but they don't want to be condemned either. Right. And they don't want to be uh, felt feeling rejected because of of their behavior, right. and you know, so, you know one one thing I hope I hope our listeners understood. Like when you was saying spirit of infirmity, you wasn't saying demonic spirits of infirmity. I mean, sometimes we use yeah. the language of demonic, and it sounds yeah. crazy, but it sounds but scary. Bad spirits, you know, yeah. spirit there's of infirmity, and right? And you can even tell a child there's good spirits and there's bad spirits. Yeah. And the, and the good spirit is Holy Spirit. Mm. So we can breathe in Holy Spirit and breathe out the bad things, yeah. the bad spirits. And we always got to emphasize the victory and the power of Jesus over the yeah. situation, over the devil, right? Yes. And over absolutely. the demonic kingdom. It's always that Jesus has that power over that. Exactly. Exactly. And so then telling them that, so now you're like, okay, we're going to tell this to go, this whatever it is. So if it's been rebellion, we'll just say, you know, that's that's a spirit of rebellion that's you've opened the door for. So it's in the house. We're going to tell it to get out. So we'll say, spirit of rebellion, get out in the name of Jesus. You have to leave my house. And the kids usually will say, get out of my house, and then I'm like, blow them out, and they'll, and I'll say, sometimes I'll ask them, does it feel like it left, and sometimes they'll say, I don't think so, or maybe, but I'm not sure, and we'll say, okay, well, we'll do it again, and a lot of times I'll say, you know, do you feel anything else? How are you feeling? Sometimes they'll volunteer because they know what's oppressing them. They'll say, well, you know, I, I feel this or that, this spirit's there or that thing is here. Um, or I get angry. Sometimes I get mad a lot. So that needs to go. Okay. Well, let's tell it to get out. Yeah. And they'll, they'll like, they actually become, they enjoy this deliverance because they're being set free. And you see their eyes light up like, yes, I'm getting rid of this. And I'm, I have, I have the power to do this too in Christ. Um, one thing I do is also I'll ask the parents, has the child accepted Christ? Mm. A lot of times people will think, well, unless the child's a teenager, they don't they don't know. Right. No, if they know right from wrong, if they can come to you and say, Mom, I'm sorry I did that, they're ready to receive salvation. Amen. And so I would never lead them in salvation without the parents' permission, but I'll ask them, the biggest part of deliverance is to make sure that we seal them with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now, it doesn't mean that... Cause People that are believers that have the Holy Spirit can still be uh, oppressed or possessed by the demonic. We know that. But it definitely helps when Holy Spirit is in us to give us authority to do those things and cast them out ourselves. So I'll walk through the salvation with them. And I I don't like to say a prayer because we know that that's really religious, man-made. Um, the prayer of salvation. It, you know, the Bible tells us it's confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart. And that could be anything just as much as saying, you know, Jesus, I love you. I receive you. And, you know, I want a relationship with you. It, it doesn't have to be this stereo. Like a lot of times people say, I don't know how to lead somebody in deliverance or I'm in, in salvation. Okay, well, all you have to do is have them confess. And if they believe in their heart, it's done. You right, know, right. it's just that simple. And so a lot of times, even that confession is repentance. Like, Jesus, I'm sorry. You know, I want to be in relationship with you. Guess what? They're saved. If they believe that in their heart, they've already confessed and they've received. So I will walk them through that. And then um, 
And then I'll tell them, you know, when you're at school and um, because some of them will tell me, well, this person made me mad at school or this person frustrates me. Well, you know, I talk to them about forgiveness, too, because if we don't forgive, that locks us up. It opens the doorway like that. That is us opening the door for, you know, the enemy to come in. And children understand that Um, they walk through forgiveness. And then at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, generally they walk out of there and I tell them, if you start to feel angry, as soon as you feel that come on, you tell it to go and blow it out. Amen. And they do it. Mm, And these kids are learning to live a life free from that. Right. And they're learning to take authority over the the demonic. Mm. And uh, I feel like we have a responsibility to do that yeah. as, as spiritual leaders, as spiritual moms and dads, and then as as biological mothers and fathers of our children, we really should be doing that. Amen. 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 Yeah. Um, so there's so much that we could go on about. Um, we've had teenagers that we've done deliverance on. Obviously, I feel like by the time they're at a teenage age, you can address it a little bit more aggressively, but you yeah. still don't need to go into yelling. I never do that and um, in those situations. There's sometimes I will get louder if I have to in a situation where uh, with an adult when something begins to manifest and I feel like I got to take control because it's trying to do something that it shouldn't do and – I command it to leave without harming others, things like that. You know, think about this. Revelation mm-hmm. just fell upon me. So so as a child, you can talk to them and whisper. Because really, it's almost like roots of a, of a tree. Yeah. And, and they haven't really. So you think of like an adult that allowed that that demon to just mm-hmm. become their best friend throughout oh, their yes. life. And, and now they get to an age where they're 40 years old and they're and they're struggling and they realize that they need that demon gone but now the demon has so many depth depth roots into the person and and i've seen that where you've had to take authority and and command it to come out and even to your own self yeah where you're punching yourself in the stomach to get it to come out exactly Um, it's like yeah i'm gonna rip these roots i'll tell you a tree when it's young, it's pretty easy to rip up out of the ground. Yes. When it gets old, mm-hmm. it's so difficult because yeah. those roots are so deep and so far wound. And, and it's the same it's the same way with the demonic. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times people will get their identity and yeah. in, in that without realizing they don't mean to do it, but they do. Right. Like in the infirmity. Yeah. They'll get a spirit of infirmity that brings on something to them, and then they get attention from other people that care for them. Mm-hmm. And that demon wants to stay in that house yeah. to be hosted by that person. Yeah. And so it will try to manipulate and convince that person that they, they're needed. Right. And they uh, grow an attachment to it. Right. And it's hard to uproot it if it's been there a long time. I always tell people, at the first sign that you see anything wrong that shouldn't be there you start to feel depressed out of the blue for no reason you better tell that thing to go Amen. as quickly as you can because the longer it stays the the harder it is to get rid of you're absolutely right it begins to grow roots right adults are usually especially if it's some somebody that's been dealing with oppression or or uh, possession for years it's harder to deliver adults. I mean, it can take hours sometimes. It's just always different. It just depends. I mean, like I said, I had the one child that really, you know, the enemy had really taken yeah. his toll on that poor little child, but he was set free. Amen. Um, praise God. That was all all because of the Lord. But um, so as we think about that. And, you know, so, so that kid, that mm-hmm. yeah, kid was. We know that the parent brought him, but it wasn't the the biological parent, right? The bi- right. biological parent was um, not God fearing, no. wasn't a believer. No. So sometimes so, you cut soul ties on yeah. that. Uh, a lot of times, people might be adoptive parents, yeah, or they're maybe raising a child for someone else you know like a grandparent or um an aunt or uncle something like that that now has custody of that child either way uh a lot of times that can be it and you'll break soul ties too from that because 
uh, we want to now, we want to declare victory and the blood of Christ over that child. Amen. Yeah. 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 So, and that can happen. Uh, I would say to never do a deliverance on a child without the parent's permission. And I always have the parent present. Always. Never do that alone. Um, I want them to actively be involved if they can um, in some way, either being there to intercede in prayer or uh, being there to worship the Lord in just song or something. Uh, Maybe they just sit back and learn because it's a learning experience for them. Well, you know, with the generation we have right now, what what do you do about the parent that is the drug addict that's out in the streets and and they left the the kid home with the grandma and um and you can't have the parent there well then the grandmother is the guardian yeah and if the grandmother or the grandfather brings the child in and they give you permission i mean we want to see people set free we want to see children set free again handle it with care do it the right way we want children to feel safe in the arms of christians we are called to be little Christ-like ones, and yes. Jesus never hurt the little children. He never um, abused the little children. He never said anything. Uh, he spoke truth, truth in love, and we can do that with children, but little children, you just really have to be careful how you handle it. Right. You do not want to make that child walk away feeling anything less than loved abundantly. And um, and you want to impart that on them. And if you don't think you can do a deliverance on a child in that way, then you're not called to children's deliverance. I mean, we're called to deliver everybody. But what I will say is that you need a little bit more training and right. equipping is what it is. And uh, let somebody lead that that's not going to um, impart trauma on that child because that's not needed. You'll do more damage than good. And you can turn children away from Christians, away from God in that way. Yes. If you're not careful. If you're not careful. You know, I've had to apologize on behalf. Like, I've had teenagers come to me. Well, my mom keeps, you know, um, telling these demon, you know, this demon to go and saying this and that. And I just feel like I'm a terrible person. And you know, and a lot of times you're talking to a demon because it tries to manipulate you as well because it doesn't want to leave. Right. But at the same time, we have to consider that person's feelings. And um, so we still, and, and I apologize on behalf of Christians that have made that person right. feel that way. Right. You know, because that's never, that should never be the intent. But, you know, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he wants you set free. Yes. And do you want this thing gone? Yes, I want it gone. Okay, then let's get rid of it. Let's work together and let's do it the right way. You know, I can't I can't really do anything about what happened in the past, but I can do the right thing now. And so let me come with you and let's do this together. Let's get rid of this. And usually then they're like, okay, let's do it. And yes. they're on board. And so I just encourage um, parents, I encourage um, spiritual leaders, pastors, people out there, to take part in deliverance of yeah. your children. Right now, there's a spirit that is coming on children that's trying to steal their identity and uh, gender confusion, a lot of different things happening. And um, yeah, if, you, if you're a Sunday school teacher, if you're a, a public or private school teacher, you're a parent of a, a, a young adult or, or ch- children. Um, we have to be aware. We have to be aware that, that the battle, the spiritual battle is real that these children are dealing yes. with. And, and, and the devil doesn't wait until the children are grown up to start assaulting them, does it? No. 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 So he, he tries to hit them young. Yes. He wants to take them as quick as he can. And we shouldn't wait until they get old enough to lead them to the love of Jesus and the freedom that they have. That's right. And we need to minister to them. We do. And we need to set them free from the powers of darkness. Yes. We yes. owe the world an encounter with a living God. We Amen. owe the world an encounter with Jesus. He's commissioned us and he's called us. And if we're not acting on it, we're failing. We're sinning in disobedience to yes. him. And he says, bring the children to me. He loves the children. They're our future. They're the future of the church. And if we don't get them now, the world will. Yes. And they need us so desperately. So I just encourage you, if you want to know more about children's deliverance, if you want training to be equipped in children's del- deliverance, reach out to us. Yes. We would love to be a resource and a help. Yes. And so we hope you guys were blessed and God loves you. We, we love, love you. Ya.
and there's nothing you could do about it. That's right. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel and like us on all of our social media pages at Holy Spirit Living. We encourage you to look for the gold in others today. Be blessed, but better yet, be a blessing.